We're excited to be here this morning. And, um, you know, honestly, I almost titled this message, Surviving Thanksgiving. You know, Surviving Thanksgiving. I know that we've made it here, and if you made it today, it's because you survived Thanksgiving. And honestly, when, when I was looking at all everything that just happens around the holidays, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting, every the dynamics that kind of play out in, the, in, in, the, in Thanksgiving. But, so before I get too deep into what I want to share about today, I do want us to start today with a passage found in Ecclesiastes. And if you'll follow with me, I'll try to unpack this as best I can. Uh, so the wisest person in the world wrote this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. Time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and to, a time to dance. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to search, a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. There's a time to tear and there's a time to mend. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And all this screams Thanksgiving. <laughs> so today I want to take a couple minutes to just talk about this subject that God placed in my heart. And it's called Balanced Accounts, Avoiding the Overdrawn Life. So Balanced Accounts, Avoiding the Overdrawn Life. So there's, there's, there's a sense of reflection that I always go through at this time of the year. I realize that it's been 11 months that we've been uh, in this year, and there's a moment of reflection where I start thinking about everything that I've gone through, that I have survived, that I have gone through, all the good moments, all the bad moments, and, uh, and we just celebrated an, a monumental moment of getting together in Thanksgiving. We just met with family and friends. And, you know, if we were honest, we were reminded of a lot of things. A, we were reminded of our weight. Like, oh my God, what's going on with you? <laughs> we were reminded of, you're going to eat all that? We were told, that's your second plate now? You're going on your third plate? We were reminded of our party affiliation. Like, why? Why are you in that party affiliation? We were also reminded of how much we miss our family. And we're also reminded of why I decided to distance myself. We're reminded of all those things. We saw the extreme of things. From that one family member that probably ate too much, to that one family member that just drank a little bit too much. And maybe seeing that one family member that just wouldn't drop that one topic. You know, for some of us, it's a time of getting together and enjoying each other's company, being reminded of the good times. And for us, for others, 
it reminds us of how lonely we really just are. For some of us, this season brings out a lot of grateful memories, a lot of great memories. Personally, playing with my cousins, playing with family members, catching up with my friends from high school or college. And for some of us, it just brings out memories of dysfunction, trauma, and pain. So we're asking one question when we're dealing with all this. Can we just have an enjoyable, pleasant, memorable moment? So it's in the middle of these extremes, in moments like these, that we're all saying, all we're saying is we want balance. Let me have just a moment where I just have just balance. Just balance everything out. Because our emotional and spiritual and mental accounts just feel depleted and just feel overdrawn. For some of us, we are living or experiencing imbalances in our lives that are, is causing pain. And anything, anything out of balance causes pain. So a chiropractor might know this better. And maybe you've gone to a chiropractor. And they do this thing called the balance test. And they make you stand, and they look at you, and they say, oh, yeah, your, your, your right side seems to be a little bit off balance. And he understands that any joint or any bone or any structure that is out of balance might be causing you, most likely causing you some sort of pain. Because you're out of balance. He understands that even though you're saying that it's your right leg that hurts, it's your spine that needs to be balanced. It needs to be aligned. So it's possible that I am experiencing pain in my right leg, but if I fix and if I balance my spine, my right leg will be better. So the reality is that I'm still able to walk, albeit with pain. But that doesn't mean I am balanced. Because I can be out of balance and still walk. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a case here for being balanced. I'm talking about extremes to make a case for seeking balance. And, and I'm not talking about being both sides of the extreme. Well, I'm going to be this extreme and this extreme so that I could find some sort of balance. As much as I am talking about even and fair distribution and just holding the correct amount of healthy tension. That's the balance I'm seeking, and that's the balance I'm trying to make a case for. My question is, have you ever felt out of balance? So if you ever felt out of balance, and, it's, and especially in this season, after meeting with family members, if you felt out of balance, you're not alone. We see wars breaking out. We see financial hardships either in our lives or the lives of other people. We see relationships eroding. We see marriages falling apart. We see friendships falling apart. We see the reality of racial tensions, the imbalance. So we are living in a world that is out of, out of, out of balance and therefore in pain. And out of balance and by association, we are in pain as well. Because we're out of balance. Reality about pain is that it doesn't mean that we cannot move on with life. You can still go to college. 
You can still socialize. You still, you still can carve that turkey. You still can have those uncomfortable conversations with that one family member. You can still get married. You can still have kids. You can still celebrate the holidays. Pain does not mean you cannot move on with life. It just means that you're out of balance. It means that I have to muster all the strength I can to, to, to go through the pain. I have to suck it up. I have to move on with life, go to work with pain, buy my wife flowers with pain. I have to go through it, albeit out of balance. The reality is that we live this way thinking it's normal. That's just the way life is, isn't it? That's just what I have to put up with. We live like this thinking it is our normal. So, so the reality is that we need to get balanced. But I realize that we cannot get balanced with something that is also out of balance. So this is why I want to make it real. Some of us were raised by parents that were out of balance. And now, therefore, we are addicted to work. Now, therefore, we act, I react explosively. And, and some of us even wear this phrase uh, as a badge of honor and say, if we're single, if someone wants to marry me, they're just going to have to put up with me because that's just the way I am. I am exactly like mom. No, you're out of balance. And that might have seemed normal. But normal does not mean balanced. So my ideas about marriage, my ideas about relationships, my ideas about finances, my idea about friendships are based on what balanced me. And we find ourselves giving or receiving advice from people that were never balanced, receiving advice about money, marriage, how to be a husband, how to be a wife when they weren't balanced or I wasn't balanced myself. And that creates also the reality of the lack of humility to ask the tough questions when we're out of balance. How do I know that I'm a good husband? How do I know I'm a good wife? How do I know? Am I even one? Or did I even have a balanced role model of it? Or did I have an overdrawn, out-of-balanced one? So the truth is, we might be out of balance. But I do want to share that you are in good company if you feel that you're living life out of balance. Some of the greatest people in the Bible we find lived life out of balance. When we think about King David, and we all know King David, we, we know that he was favored by his dad, but he was, envied and by, he was envied by his brothers and pursued by Saul, living out of balance. He was also anointed as the future king of Israel, but also living as a fugitive, balancing fear with, with leadership. We see Joseph, he was sold in, uh, to captivity to Egypt. He was loved by his father, but sold into slavery by his brothers. 
We see him struggling when he rose to power in Egypt but faced the challenge of forgiving those that betrayed him. We see Peter. I mean, Peter. Peter, he walked with Jesus. He, he did life with Jesus. We see Jesus acting harshly and, and, and chopping people's ear and, 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 and then showing remorse because he was denying Jesus. And one time he's, he's violent. At another time he's just denying who he is and who he's with. The same Peter, he walked on faith. He walked on water. He was a water walker. He used his faith, but then later sank because of doubt, demonstrating his balance, his extreme between trust and fear. And we all know Jesus. He was fully divine, yet fully human, experiencing human emotions and its limitations. We see that he preached love and was followed by many, but also faced rejection and betrayal by the very, by the very people he came to save. What is an area in our lives that we might feel that is out of balance or just completely depleted or overdrawn? How long has it been out of balance? I don't know about you, but I, I push the limits of driving my car when it's out of alignment. I pushed it. And I've taken it to, uh, I've taken it to a tire shop. So I, uh, Sir, do you need new tires? Like, um, just, 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 roll, just put the front ones to the back and back ones to the front. It's fine. And they're out of balance. They're wearing unevenly. But this is the hope that we have. We serve a God who is balanced that can hold everything in perfect tension. Scripture says that he is both the lion and the lamb. There are some things that he did as a lamb that he couldn't do as a lion. There are some things that he did as a lion that he couldn't do as a lamb. He couldn't redeem the world by roaring. He offered himself as a sacrifice as a lamb. But it, when, when it was time to conquer the world, he roared. He cannot fight your battles as the lamb, but he can as the lion of Judah. So we see God described in the Bible that holds the universe in perfect balance. He is the architect, the designer that instilled the cold and the law, just the right amount of tension and distribution in everything he created. We see life, we see death, we see day, we see night, we see the moon, we see the, we see the sun. For every summer there is a winter, for every spring there is a fall. Everything in perfect balance, in perfect harmony. I like what Paul says to the Colossians. He says, for in, in him... All things were created, things in heaven on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, and thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. So today, before you leave, I want to leave you. With what I think is possibly the, the top reason of why we may be experiencing 
to live a life out of balance, a life that is just, just feels overdrawn. And this is my top one reason, and believe me, I, uh, I prayed over this. And this, is, and, and this is the most biblical, the most theologically sound, Holy Spirit-inspired reason I experience imbalance in my life because my butt is too big. Yeah, I don't know, coming out of Thanksgiving, that kind of feels different. The reality is that everyone's butt is different. <laughs> so let me illustrate it this way. Here, I have five ingredients. Each ingredient by itself is, is awful. It's terrible. I think about I think about, I think about salt. So when I think about salt, I think about putting salt in, you know, that, that dry turkey that we had for Thanksgiving. It was just missing that element. But we couldn't say anything because we were trying to be proper. But it just needed a little bit of salt. Just needed that, that little seasoning. Just, just a little bit would have gone a long way. But how about, how about a spoonful of salt? How about if I just take a spoonful of salt? You know, what, what, what would that feel like? Not good. <clears throat> Not good. Not good. The first impression I get about salt, of salt is it's just traumatic. <clears throat> it's, just, it's, just, it's just overwhelming. It's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. And, and, and one of the things I, 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 I realize about salt is that it reminds me of, 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 of the trauma that I've gone through in life. I don't know, I don't know if, if, if you ever had the situation. I remember I was dating a girl many, many years ago. And I was trying to make an impression. I'm sure she was trying to make an impression on me. And she told me she could cook. Right? So she takes me to her, uh, her mom's house. And she's trying to prepare this dish. And you know, I'm sitting there. And it's like, it's got to be great. You know, it smells good. You know? And she brings, the, she brings the, the food out. She brings this, this dish. And I, I try the, the, the soup. I try it. And it was bad. It was salty. I mean, it was just bad. I was traumatized. I couldn't think anything else but how salty it was. I couldn't enjoy but because I wanted to also make an impression, I didn't say anything. I finished the whole thing. And, you know, they gave, me, yeah, they gave me some water, and it was fine. Five minutes into it, my, my palate just starts getting dry, and I start feeling dehydrated. And I start feeling, no, no, this is not going to end well. 
And, you know, I, I wasn't trying to say anything because, again, I didn't want to give the impression that her cooking was off. So at that point, believe me, I could have drank mud water and it would have been great. I could have drank anything. I was feeling dehydrated. I got home and I drank all the Gatorade I had in my fridge. Just completely feeling dehydrated. So when I think about salt, I think about all those moments that have dehydrated my life. That just left me with just an odd taste in my mouth where I feel the trauma that I've gone through. And the experiences. And that's where the term comes, I'm salty. I'm salty. All my experiences, all my traumas. God, I know that you want to do something with me. But all my trauma, all my experiences won't let me. I think about, I think about sugar. Sugar by itself, you would think it's amazing. You know, you, know, you, 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 you sprinkle a little bit, you know, on your oatmeal, and it's good. You put some in, in your cafe. For those of you, it's coffee. You know, it, you put some of your coffee, and it's great. It's amazing. It's, it, it works. How about a spoonful of sugar? How about a spoonful of sugar? You know? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Spoonful of sugar. You know, at first, it feels great, but then it's just too much. And there is a word in Spanish that there's no equivalent in English. And the word in Spanish is empalagar. And the equivalent that I was able to find, thanks to AI, is flavor exhaustion. Flavor exhaustion, it's just way too, it's just too much. It's just too much. So when I think about sugar and I think about the flavor exhaustion, I think about the exhaustion that I've gone through life. Where I'm just completely fed up. I'm fed up with my partner. I am fed up with my business. I am fed up with everything that's around me. I'm fed up with that relationship I was trying to pursue. I'm just exhausted. I have given it 100% nothing to show for it. That business I was trying to rise up, I've been in that business for the last 10 years with nothing to show for and I'm simply exhausted. And you think, God, I know that. I know that you have big plans for me, but everything that you want me to do requires so much work. I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted. Cinnamon. You know? <laughs> it's good, you know, like in rice pudding, you know, it's, it's really good on like, you know, your tapioca. You know, it's really good. Like just, just you know, just a sprinkle of it. It's really good. Like I, I mean, you smell it it's so aromatic. It's so amazing. 
Like immediately you walk into a room and someone's like boiling some, some cinnamon tea. You could smell it. It's overpowered. It's great. It's amazing. But a spoonful. <laughs> My hand is shaking. Hey, guys, I got to do this for another service. <laughs> it burns. Oh. Oh, my God. It burns. <clears throat> it's just too much. It, it just, it's just too much. And it has this, this burning sensation as it goes down. It doesn't go down nice. <clears throat> so I think about the times that I have been burned. I think about the relationships that have burned me. I think about the rejections I suffered with family members. I think about that person that walked out on me. I think about that person that was supposed to have my back, but didn't, and I got burned. I think about that coworker <clears throat> that said that had my back, but was just trying to use me to get that promotion instead of me getting burned. And you realize and you think, God, I know that there's, there's, there's fiery seasons in my life. But I realize that, uh, you know, it, it's supposed to make me better. These lessons, these fiery lessons, these burning lessons are supposed to make me better. But I'm just really just burnt out. I'm just done. Burnt out. Now, there's chocolate. And you're probably thinking, oh, that's, that's good. That's great. <laughs> the chocolate that you've maybe tried is good because it's mixed with sugar. This one's a baker's chocolate. It has no azúcar. It has no sugar. So, you know, uh, you, you try it. <sighs> Bitter. Just, I mean, the chocolate's there. Oof. The chocolate is there. <clears throat> it's just bitter. Bitter. Super bitter. And it just leaves this bitter taste in your tongue that is tough to just wash down quickly. And I think about the moments that have made me bitter instead of making me better. I think about... I think about that relationship. I think about that girl that cheated on me. I think about that guy that cheated on me. I think about that spouse that walked out of me. I think about that relationship that should have been better. But no, it's made me bitter. And God, I know that you possibly have a big purpose for my life. But instead of being better, I'm just bitter. That is my butt. So you have flour. <laughs> I'm not going to taste that. That's raw. That's just raw flour. Eating raw flour 
will get you sick. Because it's raw. It's unprocessed. It's not cooked. And I think about the rawness of life. I think about the rawness of life. I think about the rawness of pain that I've gone through. The losses that I experienced this year that I was not expecting. The loss that I experienced losing my father, losing my mom, losing my relative. Just the rawness of life. The pain that I feel constantly is just completely raw, unadulterated, just rawness of pain that I've been facing. And God, you possibly want to do great things in my family, in my life. You want to do great things. But God, right now, the pain has just made me numb to feel anything else. And you would think all these ingredients by themselves would be great. But all these ingredients... Placed in the right hands, the right person can be something amazing. He can get all that and seize opportunities and can create something amazing. Galleta, cookie. So if I want all these buts or all these excuses or all these reasons or all these situations to turn, I got to hand it over to the person that can use these things appropriately with the right balance, with the right tension, with the right alignment, with the right, with the right ingredient at the right time. And I want to say that it starts with one monumental step. It might just be one step. But it's monumental. It is life-changing. One word. Surrender. One word, surrender. It's where you see all these things that are going on in your life. And you say, God, I surrender my traumas. I surrender my experiences. I surrender everything that I've been going through up to this point. Because up to this point... I have been trying to fix it. I have been trying to balance things out. I am the one that has been trying to make sense of all things. I surrender me being closed off to people because I've been burned in life. I surrender my my bitterness. I surrender all the raw pain, the loss, the rejection, the violence that I've suffered. I can't do this on my own. When we do that. We make our God bigger than our butt. And this is the part that excites me. When we make our God bigger than our butt. It excites me because all major turning points in the Bible start with, but God. When you hear in the Bible something explained and it says, but God, it creates a transition in that situation. The Bible says that Daniel was placed in the lion's den. But it says, but God was with him. A terrible situation. 
but God was with him. The Bible also says that there were men, there were three Hebrew men that were thrown in the fiery pit to be burned alive. A terrible situation, an out-of-balance situation. Three men who were all in, thrown in a fiery den. But it says, but God was with them. And it sounds simple. It sounds easy, but it makes all the difference. What area in your life do you need to put the but God? Now, it might be something that you're going through right now, and you could say, but God is with me. It might be that memory that you might be going through, that, that trauma that you've been rehearsing day and night, and say, but God is with me. It might be that, that abuse that you suffered as a young girl, as a young boy, but you can say, but God has brought me through. It's where you declare that God is with you in the fiery den. He is with you in the lion's den. He is with you all over. And you could say, but God will turn this around. And, and it doesn't mean that you escape the reality of what you're going through. It's that you just say, my God is bigger than what I am going through. My God is bigger than my butt. So you might, you might be telling, you, I, I, like, I like what Romans says. Something happens when you make your God bigger than your butt. It says, Paul says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how to pray or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying for us. Making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. And keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. You might be thinking, how can God take this mess and make something out of it? Have you tried putting it in his hands? He's the only one that could turn your mess into a message, your disaster into a destiny. Isaiah says, though my sins are like scarlet, he makes them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, he makes them white as wool. So you might be telling God, God, I am damaged goods. I, I'm, just, I'm just salty. I cannot let go of this experience. I am exhausted. I am fed up. I am traumatized. I, I just don't trust anyone. I am bitter about my past. I, I am in raw, I am in, in raw pain right now. And he's saying, give it to me. I know what to do. I know how to find a perfect balance for your life. I can take every situation, every ingredient, and work it together for good. It's when we live a surrendered life, we, we, we give our extended 
overdrawn life in his hands. That he can turn our sadness into joy. He can turn your graves into gardens and turn beauty from ashes. Reflect. What area seems to be out of balance? Where are you experiencing balance in your life today? We are going to move on really quick towards the end of the year as soon as next week. I mean, as soon as Black Friday hits, I mean, Christmas was music was already playing. And you probably have your Christmas trees from like last month. I mean, it's just moving quick. It's moving so, so fast. And you're trying to catch up. We're trying to put the lights on. We're it's like, are we balanced? We're going to move into this season where everything moves very quick. And it's a time to reflect as we move into this Advent season, the hope, the joy that we find in a surrendered life. So today I do want to move into a time of communion. But I do want us to take communion <clears throat> with this reflection in mind. Let my taking of my communion not be simply liturgical or routine or a process. Let the communion I take today ask this personal question of me. What area in my life needs to be balanced? And therefore, what area in my life needs to be surrendered? I'm going to ask you to stand up this morning. We see Jesus praying, showing his disciples how to pray, a prayer of balance. Can we pray that today? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So again, as you approach the table for the elements of communion, approach it with that reflection in mind where before this year ends, think about the last 11 months. Think about your relationships. Think about your finances. Think about your friends. Think about your job. What area have I not wanted to see? Because I think it's been my normal. And surrender that as you take your communion this morning. You can take your communion this morning.
Lord, if there's anything we need, if there's anything we need this year and in our lives, just make us balanced, God. We are not excusing and we are not justifying why we are how we are. We are acknowledging that in spite of all those situations, you can work all things together for good. So God, as, as we head into another, another holiday, another season, put in our hearts those areas that, that we've accepted as normal. We've accepted as it just is what it is. Because normal doesn't mean balanced, God. And I realize, God, that surrender uh, involves a lot of trust. It, it involves releasing, relinquishing my control of things. And we trust you, God. We trust you because you are the same God yesterday, today, and always. You are the, the, the God that holds the firmament, the firmament in place. You hold everything together. You hold life and death together. You hold everything in perfect harmony. And if you could do that for the world, and you've done that for people, and you've continued doing that, you can do that for me. As you sit there, if you need a prayer of balance for this year, and you recognize and you realize, I've just been out of balance. You're in good company. You're in good company. And we want to pray for you. If that is you, and you just want, and your prayer is like, God, I, I'm trying to deal with this. I've been dealing with this. I've accepted this as normal. I know it's not normal. I'm out of balance. I'm, I'm overdrawn. I'm, I'm depleted. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand up, raise your hand, so we can pray for you. If you, saw, if you see someone that is standing up or raising their hands, pray for them. Pray balance. You might be holding on to that pain, to that hurt, because you don't know what to do with yourself if you no longer have it. It's, by, it's identified you so long that you've accepted as normal, but it's kept you out of balance. So, Lord, this morning... We approach you as, as limited, finite beings where we realize and acknowledge that we cannot do this by ourselves. We've gone all this time, all these 11 months, and maybe longer than that, but it took this moment for you to remind us that I might be experiencing imbalance and over depletion and being overdrawn in my life because... I have all these things that I have gone through, and I'm realizing, I'm recognizing that I need to place it in your hands. Balance us. Only you can make the deposit in our lives that will satisfy our spirit, satisfy our mind, take away all anxiety, restore our minds.
I'd like to say a prayer before we leave today. I'm going to ask you to stand up, and I'll bless you guys to be on your way this morning. So, God, this morning I pray for everyone here that might be experiencing an imbalance in their lives, that might be experiencing a, a depletion in their lives emotionally, mentally, spiritually, anywhere in their lives, God, that you come and fill and make that deposit. And, and God, we, we surrender all those things to you in your capable hands. God, remind us this week that we cannot do it in our own. Before, before we start moving on with the week and with the festivities, bring to mind all those moments and all those areas in our lives that simply need to be surrendered. Thank you for this time, God. Thank you for being with us in moments, in good moments, in the bad moments, and for being faithful. So we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.